There's all kinds of great things that happen when we get in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I want him in this house this morning. I want him to talk to me. I want him to minister to my spirit, to my soul. I need to hear from heaven. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got into town uh, last night, uh, just a few minutes before Burlington Coat Factory closed. And my wife, uh, you know how they are about shopping. go. And uh, so we were, I was standing there in line. Of course, the store had already closed and they were checking everybody out. And uh, as the little portrait, I began to sing very quietly. I had a couple of the children with me and of course my wife was still off shopping. And uh, part of the lights were out, but she's still looking around. <coughs> but the, the corset that uh, was going over my mind was Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that price that he paid on Calvary. But you know what? He didn't stay there in, in that uh, borrowed tomb, but he got up. I'm glad this morning he got up. And I believe today God wants to do something for somebody in this house today. Hallelujah. Not for anybody. I want God to do something for me. Hallelujah. I, was, I, I felt a, a very heavy burden about uh, this service today and tonight. And I told my wife yesterday, I just, on our drive up here, I said, I just feel a heavy burden. I said, I feel like I, I just want to get off somewhere and just, just pray. And uh, I was, as I was thinking about this service today, I know there's a lot of people in this world, <clears throat> uh, they, they make New Year's resolutions. And uh, it's not a week or two later that they have already uh, uh, let those New Year's resolutions, they forgot about them. They've already uh, uh, trespassed against them. And, uh, but, you know, there's sometimes people make some vows to the Lord. And uh, I believe there's somebody in this house today that's made some vows to God. And God wants to uh, fulfill his end, but he's looking for you to, do, to uh, go that extra mile and seek him today. Uh, I, I, uh, my father was a Vietnam vet, and uh, he was lost without God. And one night, the uh, mortars were flying, rockets were flying, and he took off running for a uh, foxhole or a bunker to get in. And he was, he had his cartridge, uh, cartridge belt, and had all of his, his ammunition and, and different things, uh, I think his pistol and, and knife and things in this belt and he was trying to buckle it on, uh, on him and there was a rocket that hit right in front of him and he said he thought I was he said I thought I was gone and it knocked him down and he was so shook he's still trying to buckle that finally just let it go and took off running and he got in that bunker and he said he buried his head in a corner he said God if you'll get me out of here alive he said I'll serve you and uh, he, the Lord was merciful to him brought him back to the states and it was there in Santa Ana California stationed at El Toro, uh, Cecil was a, a man that uh, originally my dad had got him in church. He was uh, one night, just to give you a little history here, you can be seated, I'm not going to, I want to be cognizant of the time, but I feel like saying this today, but uh, he was in, he was stationed in Tennessee by Memphis, and one night he got out and he just, the Lord was dealing with him, and he started walking uh, the streets looking for a church. 
and uh, he had walked. He couldn't find a church uh, there near the base. He said he was on his way back to the base. He was dejected and uh, just kind of down. And the Lord spoke to him and said, walk back up this road. And he walked back up the road, and uh, it was there that he looked back off the road a little ways, and there was a, a little church sitting there. And he had been raised in all kinds of churches, but uh, this was an apostolic church. And when he walked in, he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, son, this is what you're looking for. And uh, he got baptized in Jesus' name there, uh, repented of his sins, but he did not receive the Holy Ghost. But while he was going to church there, he invited Cecil out to go to church with him. And Cecil came, got repented of his sins, got baptized in Jesus' name, and got the Holy Ghost. And uh, so when my father got back from Vietnam, Cecil was stationed at El Toro. You know, God has a way of working things out. And uh, so Cecil invited him to church, and he said, yeah, I'll go with you. And he said he waited, and he waited. He figured that uh, they were, he was supposed to meet Cecil down at the parking lot at a certain time, and he thought, well, I'll just, I'll just wait him out. So he waited there in the barracks, and, and uh, he, it was 15, 20, 30 minutes after he was supposed to meet Cecil, and he walked down, uh, going, to his, going out to the parking lot, and there was Cecil still waiting on him. And he said, well, just a minute, let me go get my clothes. But anyway, make a long story short, came in and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And that's been nearly 40 years ago. And, uh, but he made a vow. He said, God, if you get me out of here alive, I'll serve you. And when you make some vows to God, you better know that God is listening. You better know that God is, is uh, aware of what you said. I, I know that there is a, I know the other side of the story as well. There was a lady that uh, lived uh, there in our town. And uh, uh, she had a son that she backed over when he was two or three years of age and nearly lost him. And she was, she, uh, she was not living for God, still does not live for God. But she said, God, if you'll save my boy, I'll serve you by the time he's 16. And she never did uh, follow through with that vow to God. And uh, it was uh, when he turned 16 years of age. One night he was out drunk, ran under a semi, came to the Highway 60 there, ran right under a semi, and his life was taken from him. Another man that I know just, just and you say, well, you're just, you're just putting a downer on this service. I'm just telling you there's somebody in this house today that's made some vows to God. And you better, you better follow through with them. And uh, anyway, he, he said, God, he said, uh, I'll quit smoking. And uh, he didn't quit smoking. And this, this just happened this just a few months ago. And he got uh, pneumonia and got the coughing so hard and so long that uh, broke his ribs. And his ribs were just floating there in his chest cavity. And they took him uh, to the emergency room. They had to do emergency surgery on him. Infection had set in. They nearly lost him. I'm talking about a young man, a man in his uh, probably around 30 years of age and uh, with five children. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, the Lord spared him. There was a lot of prayers went up for him, and the Lord spared him. And he told one of his friends, he said, I made a vow to God that I'd quit smoking. And he said, I didn't. He said, but I'm going to quit now. Amen. And I, I want to tell somebody to, today, don't wait till it's too late. Amen. Don't wait till it's too late. You can still taste of what God has in store for you. You can still have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can still follow through with the vows that you made to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be serving a merciful God today. I'm glad to be serving a God that's mindful of you and I. 
And I believe that God is in this house today. He's walking up and down these aisles. And uh, if he were to walk in here in a physical form, I don't believe he'd come up here and set by Brother Riggin. Amen. But he said, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. To the brokenhearted, to those that are down and out. That's what the Lord is here for today. He's here to help you and to pick you up and to set you on the right path. And if there's somebody in this house today that's weak in their spirit, there is a God in heaven that desires to help you. Uh, to make heaven your home. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a glorious God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, everybody will stand for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. While you're standing, turning to Genesis, the first chapter, I would like to say thank you, Brother Riggin, even though I did not hold up my end of the bargain. It's so good to be here in uh, Olathe, Kansas. I figured four was enough, and uh, we would have had to send the uh, church bus to come down to pick us up if we would have got any bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, I do love my children, and uh, I want to raise them to love God. Hallelujah. We are living in troubled times, uh, very troubled times, but I'm glad to be walking with the Lord today. Amen. Genesis, the first chapter, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in, in the which is the fruit of tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to every thing that creepeth upon the earth, Wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And I would like to simply talk to you uh, this morning about God's desire. God's desire. Let's ask the Lord to help us in the remainder of this service. God, we praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for your presence that we feel in this house already. I pray, God, that you would anoint my mind, my spirit, my heart, and that you would help us today. Oh, God, I pray that a door of utterance would be opened here. I pray, God, that you would anoint our ears, our hearts, our spirit. I pray, God, that there would be conviction in this house. I pray that you would do a mighty work. Oh, God, that you would confirm your word this morning with signs following. God, we give you praise. 
We give you glory. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And you can be seated this morning. God's desire. We read in our text this morning, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. That comes from the Hebrew word Elohim, which means mighty one. Amen. The creator, in the beginning, God. The omnipotent one. The creator of the universe, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God. Who is God? The Bible says in the beginning, God. He has no beginning. He has no ending. The Bible tells us in John, the fourth chapter, verse 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, he has no right hand nor has a left hand, but God is a spirit. He's everywhere at one time. It doesn't matter where you are this morning. God is with you. I know that you're sitting here in the house of God, but it, it doesn't matter where you go. God is there. And he's looking for somebody to cry out to him. It doesn't matter whether it's the, uh, an army or a military man that's in a foxhole in Afghanistan or in Iraq. And I've got a brother that's stationed down in Afghanistan near the Pakistani border. And I ask you to pray for him. He's a backslider. He needs God. But he's right down there, right in the heat of things, right there where the action's going to take place. But it doesn't matter whether you're here in the house of God or whether you're on your bed at night. God is there, for he is a spirit. He is with you in times of, of adversity and trials and tests and tribulation. He is there when you have buried a, a lost loved one. He is there when, when maybe a companion's walked out on you and said, I'm finished. I, I'm not going to, uh, we're not going to be married anymore. He is there with you. He's there when your, your children, they, they, they uh, rebel against you and, and cause you heartache and grief. Amen. He's there with you during all those times. And he's, he's also there. I'm glad to know that he's there with us in the, in the good times. Uh, when there's times that he rejoices with us when we, we get a promotion. He's there with, with us during our happy times when that child is born. And we're, we're looking at that child and wondering who that baby looks like. Uh, I'm glad today to know that God is there. And you know what? God can be with us in Diggins, Missouri and be with you in Olathe, Kansas at the same time. Oh, he's a great God this morning. I said he's a great God this morning. And he's looking for somebody to give him their all today. Oh, I'm glad to be walking with him. And he, he is not uh, that far off this morning. But you know what God really desires today is that you'll, you'll draw nigh to him. That you will draw close to him. And the Bible tells us that he will draw nigh unto us. And that he will draw close to us. And I, I believe that's, that, that is his desire today. Is that we humbly seek his face with everything. 
everything that we got. He is not interested in you doing what you want to do, but he, he's interested in somebody seeking the face of God today. Is there anybody that came to the house of God to seek him today? Is there anybody that came to the house of God to draw a little bit closer to him? Is there anybody in this house that wants the Holy Ghost to flood your soul? I'm telling you, there is righteousness. There is peace and there is joy in the Holy Ghost. He's looking for somebody that will sell out to him and give God their all. Say, God, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. This spirit that he's talking about, I want it down in the side of me. And I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost down in your heart, you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. It's not a prayer language as somebody teaches you, but it's an almighty God coming down inside of you and beginning to step his commandments upon your heart and beginning to uh, speak out of your mouth that heavenly language. Hallelujah. Who is God today? Isaiah, the 45th chapter. I didn't come with just a Bible lesson today. I come to preach. Hallelujah. I don't know if you came expecting a four-point four sermon or a three-point sermon, but I just came to deliver what's on my heart today. There may be 20 points. There may be two points. I don't know. I just want the Holy Ghost to have its way today. Hallelujah. But Isaiah, the 45th chapter in verse 5. And six says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, thou, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Verse 18 says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is is none else. I'm glad to, to, to this morning to know that there is one Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism. I don't care what anybody else says. The Word of God is still right. I said the Word of God is still right, and if you're going to make heaven your home, you're going to have to do it according to the Word of God. I'm not trying to be uh, arrogant this morning. I'm not trying to be brash, but I'm telling you, we're living in a time when people are wishy-washy. Uh, they don't want to hear anything that uh, makes them uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, God's coming back after a church that's made themselves ready to meet Him. He He's not coming back after a harlot church. He's not coming back after people that's living in idolatry. Amen. That's living immoral and ungodly. That's living in adultery and fornication. He's not coming back after a church that's uh, lying and cheating. Amen. And living the way of this world. But he's coming back after a holy church today. Hallelujah. 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 God's desire this morning is that you'll walk with him. Hallelujah. Who is God? He is a spirit. And we know that there's one God. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, and this is one of my uh, favorite scriptures in the Bible, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. 
and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Yeah, the uh, same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which uh, lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Who are they talking about here? Talking about Jesus Christ. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Ah, I'm glad for that revelation today. And the world knew him not, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on him his name. Are you thankful for the name of Jesus this morning? We sung this morning, how great is our God. Amen. And he is our holy God. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Thank God for the name of Jesus. It says, verse 13, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, and the word, and the word word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. I'm glad this morning to know who Jesus is. Jesus was not the second person in a Trinity Godhead but he was the almighty God. The Bible tells us in First, uh, First Timothy 3.16 and without controversy great is a mystery of godliness. God himself was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached to the Gentiles believed on in this world and received up into glory I'm telling you this morning there is a God in heaven that came to earth and became a sacrificial lamb for your sins and mine hallelujah getting back to our text this morning in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Hallelujah. Oh, God began to speak things into existence. He began to say, let it be, and it was so. There was nothing there. Just void and darkness. And God began to speak things into existence. And God said, let there be light. That was day number one. And day number two, he, he began to, and God said, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And God began to speak the heavens into existence. And uh, day three, he began to speak again. And the dry land began to separate from the seas. And, and there was uh, uh, the herb yielding seed. And the, uh, and the trees began to spring forth. And, and God said it happened. And the fourth day, and God said, uh, 
let there be a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. And day four happened and here was the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. And we come along to day five and God said, uh, let there be all the creatures of the earth and, and of the sea and uh, uh, let it just begin or the, uh, let there be the creatures of the sea and the, the fowl of the air and God began to speak and here comes the birds flying through the air and the, the whales and the fish began to swim and the sixth day God said let there be all kinds of uh, creeping beasts and all these things and, and he turned to that angelic host and he said let us make man in our own image uh, uh, let us make man in our image to, and uh, the Bible tells us we read in our text and verse 27 said so God created man in his own image it wasn't uh, he wasn't talking to uh, uh, anybody else but he was talking to that angelic host he said let us make man in our image and the Bible says that uh, he began to create them uh, God said let us make man in our image in our resemblance in a, a representative figure in our likeness in our, rep uh, in our uh, manner in our similitude in our resemblance uh, uh, there was something about it he said I, I want them to look like me I, I want them to walk like me I, I want them to conduct them themselves like me but you know I find it very interesting because you go down into uh, Genesis the second chapter and uh, the Lord didn't speak mankind into existence uh, but the Bible says that he formed man he began to fashion man in his likeness in his image you don't believe it read it for yourself amen read it this afternoon not right now hallelujah but in Genesis the second chapter the Bible says that he began to form and began to fashion man in his likeness and in his image you know God could have spoke them into existence but God wanted something that acted like him God wanted something that conducted themselves like him God wanted something that he could have communion and fellowship with and he began to form them he began to fashion them I don't know if you've ever seen a potter work with the clay upon a potter's wheel but he was uh, a potter will take that um, that base or whatever it is that vessel that they're forming and they'll take a little water on their hands and they'll spin that that potter's wheel with their hand and they'll form it and they'll fashion it and there's times that they'll see something in that uh, uh, in that clay that will mar the vessel and they'll pitch it out and throw it away and they'll keep working with that and they'll make that a vessel that they can use and that's what uh, God was doing he was forming and fashioning something that looked like him something that it was a, a vessel of honor and when he got done and it was just a lifeless form that was lying there on the ground he leaned over Adam and he he began to blow into him the breath of life and the Bible says that Adam stood up and became a living soul I'm telling you this morning it doesn't matter the depths of sin that you've gone to it doesn't matter how much you feel doesn't care about you God sees the times that you've laid on your bed at night and the hot tears began to stream down your face and you think my God is it even worth living for I might as well go ahead and commit suicide there's nobody in this world that cares for me there's nobody that's concerned about me but there is a God in heaven today I said there is a God in heaven today that has graced this house with his presence that desires to walk 
with you, desires to be a friend to you, desires to be your help. You say, well, I'm lonely today. He'll be a comforter to you. You say, well, I need healing in my body. He'll be a healer to you. You say, there's, there's spirits, there's devils that torment my mind. He'll be a deliverer for you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God saw that Adam was alone and he needed a helpmate. And so he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And Adam, while he was asleep there, the Lord reached inside Adam. You know, God can reach inside you today. Hallelujah. And that thing that you feel is so worthless and useless, that heart that is breaking, that heart that you feel like God doesn't care about you or nobody cares about you, God's able to reach in. Hallelujah. And take something. Uh, make, make nothing out of something. Hallelujah. Take nothing and make something out of it for his glory. Hallelujah. So he reached into Adam and took out a rib and began to create Eve. Hallelujah. And when Adam woke up, there was this woman beside him. A good friend of ours said when Adam woke up, he said, whoa, man. <laughs> and so Adam called Eve woman. <laughs> and so anyway, but God created them. You know, God's desire was not just to stick them in the garden of Eden and leave them there. But God came and walked with them in the cool of the day. He communed with them. He fellowshiped with them. He, he had their interest at heart. This was his creation. This is what he had fashioned and formed with his own hands. He had breathed with his own breath upon them, and they became a living soul. And so here, here was God walking with him, with him in the cool of the day. And he said, you can have everything that you want in this garden. Every tree that's here, every herb that's here, you can partake of it, you can eat of it. But there's one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You are to, to not partake of that tree. You are not to, you're, you're not to just leave it alone. Don't even mess with it. But you see, here came the devil, uh, Lucifer himself, into the Garden of Eden and began to talk to Eve that day and, and uh, began to uh, uh, tell her, you know, uh, began to try to uh, get her to reason within herself and uh, uh, began to try to reason everything out with her. Uh, but God had placed some bounds upon them. There was only one thing that they could not partake of. You see, the devil will try to tempt you. The very thing that you have trouble with, the very thing that you, you can't seem to get victory with, that's the very thing that the devil's going to bring your way and try to drag you out of the church of the living God or try to cause you to be lost without God. Amen. That's what the devil will try to do. And so he came into the Garden of Eden and began to talk to Eve. The very thing that God told him not to do, it wasn't, it wasn't just to... Uh, Caused them to not be able to do anything. Hallelujah. It wasn't to keep them from anything. But it was for their protection. Hallelujah. And thank God for man of God that will stand and declare. What thus saith the word of God. I don't care who you are this morning. You got to have a man of God in your life. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's good to hear Brother Riggin was back in the pulpit Thursday night. Hallelujah. I know it's been a long pull. We've been praying for him, but it's good to hear he's back in the pulpit uh, Thursday night. And I'm just excited about what God's doing. Hallelujah. But they did not realize the ramifications to the decision uh, to partake of the fruit in the midst of the temptation. Hallelujah. And sometimes the devil will come in and their reasoning sounds so good and, and uh, the, 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 the thought process is, is, is there and you're thinking, well, you know, is there really anything wrong with it? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. No, it's the devil trying to drag you down and trying to drag you out of the church of the living God. He's trying to drag you away from God and the things of God. And the Bible says that when they partook of it, their eyes was, were open and they, uh, they began to realize that they were naked. Their eyes had, been, uh, they had not been open to the world of sin. Their eyes had not been open to the, uh, uh, the degradation that they had just partook of and, and what uh, lay before them. Uh, and so they began to try to fashion them together, some aprons made out of fig trees and uh, fig leaves. And, and uh, so here, all of a sudden, the Bible says that God came walking through the garden. They heard the voice of God walking through the garden. Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam, Adam, where art thou? He was looking for somebody to walk with him. He was looking for somebody to fellowship with him. But you see, sin had separated them from God. Sin had caused a division between them and God. And I'm telling you today, if you've got sin in your heart, amen, you've been doing things that you know are contrary to the word of God. Living like an alley cat and doing whatever you please. I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's keeping record today. And it's separated you from his presence. I don't care what people may tell you and say, well, you don't have to repent of your sins. You don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. They're just lying to you because the word of God declares it that way. And I'm telling you today, we've got to realize that sin separates us from God. Nobody told Adam and Eve that they were naked. But their conscience all of a sudden was open. Their eyes were open to another world. Hallelujah. And so the Lord began to talk to Adam. He said, why didn't you come to me? And he said, well, I... Well, what are these fig tree, fig leaves? So, well, I, I, was, I was naked and I clothed myself. Who told you you were naked? And so the Lord took a lamb and sacrificed that lamb and covered them. Their covering was not good enough. And today your covering's not good enough. Hallelujah. You've got to, you've got to have the blood of Calvary cover you. I could go throughout the word of God and I'll touch on it lightly. But when the children of Israel were in Egyptian bondage, the very last plague was the death angel was to pass over. But the key for that death angel to pass over, they had to take a lamb and they had to sacrifice that lamb and take the blood and apply it to the doorpost of the house and the lintel of the house. 
And when the death angel would come over and see that blood was applied to the door, the death angel passed on over and the firstborn was spared. Children of Israel, they would, they would bring a lamb on a yearly basis. They would sacrifice one and they would let the other go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. But it was pushing their sins ahead one more year. But John the Baptist, when he was down there in the water, baptizing there in the wilderness, honey on his breath, and he seen Jesus come and he said, Behold the Lamb of the world uh, who taketh, uh, behold the Lamb who taketh away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you this morning, you've got to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. How are you covered by the blood? You're covered. When you go down in the wonderful name of Jesus for the remission of sins. That's when the blood is applied to your life. You say, well, what about repentance? That's when you're asking God to forgive you of your sins. And that's when you're asking God to cleanse you. And that's when you're turning away from it. But when the blood is applied, hallelujah, it's when you go down in the name of Jesus and they're washed away. I don't know about you, but I want the blood applied to my life. Oh, there's times that I slip up and there's, there's times that I falter and fail. And there, there's times that maybe my attitude's not exactly right. And maybe there's times that there's there's a jealousy or there's there's uh there's things that try to get a hold of me and i gotta get myself back to an altar and say god forgive me all over again god i've got to have the blood applied to my life there's somebody in this house this morning that you've been crying out to god and you tried this and you've tried that and it's failed you and it's let you down oh you tried to cover yourself with your own fig leaves but god's wanting to cover you with his blood today He's wanting to cover you ah, with the blood of Calvary. But he's looking for somebody that says, God, I'm sick and tired of it. I can't handle it anymore. I've got to find my way to an altar and get myself right with you. Hallelujah. Some of you today make a, may think that I'm just uh, uh, preaching to our guests, but uh, that's not so because there's, uh, there's people in this church that's sitting here today, amen, that you faltered and failed. You've been battling things. You've been struggling with things, and you've been trying things yourself, and God said, come to me, come to me, come to me, and you keep on trying to work it out within your own carnal reasoning, within your own uh, faculties and, and your own ability, and God said, come here. I'll help you with it. Come here, but you're so blind because you want to figure it out yourself. You want to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But God's desire is that you fall on him today and be broken and say, God, I need you. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve had a decision to make that day. And we all have decisions to make today. Whether blessings or cursings, good or evil, clean or unclean, righteousness or sin, the church or the world, hallelujah, we all have decisions to make. Whether you're going to live for God or you're not, the decision is yours. I can pray for you, I can preach to you, but ultimately the decision is yours today. Hallelujah. And God desires to walk with you and commune with you. Colossians, the first chapter. 
I must hurry. Colossians, the first chapter. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him. All things were created by him and for him. God created you for him. God didn't create you to live, that you w live the way that you wanted to live, but God created you for him. God created you to walk with him. God created you to have fellowship and communion with him. Hallelujah. And it said, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things that he might have the preeminence. That's what he's desiring this morning is the preeminence in your life. That he is number one in your life. That's what he's desiring today. Hallelujah. Revelations, the fourth chapter, verse 11. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. God didn't create you to live in adultery. God didn't create you to live full of bitterness. God didn't create you to live full of hatred. God didn't create you to lie. God didn't cre create you to cause strife and division in the church. God didn't create you for these things. And I know that we, there's personality differences. It doesn't matter. There's, there's people that we just, I mean, we can be friendly. We can be friends. Uh, but as far as being good friends with them, being great friends, it's just not going to happen. Because my personality doesn't mesh with their personality. There's that, those, those happen in the church. They happen on the job. They happen wherever there's people. Hallelujah. But God didn't, didn't, didn't create you to be full of bitterness and constantly uh, running people down. God didn't create you to, to live the way of this world and to, to live like Satan and to be a slave to Satan. But God created you to walk with him and for his pleasure and so to have communion and fellowship with him. That's what God desires this morning. Uh, I hope today that I, I'm getting this across. You know, see, uh, you, in, the, uh, uh, in, in Acts, the second chapter, they, uh, the day of Pentecost was fully come. And, and I know that our, our, our Bible says, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but uh, there is a translation over in, in uh, I don't remember exactly which country it was, but it was in Europe, where it talks about the holy breath of God breathing on them and I'm telling you today if you're here today without the Holy Ghost your 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 soul is dead you need you need the Holy Ghost to breathe into your life today you need God to breathe down upon you and let the Holy Ghost consume you today and do a perfect work God God desires to put his handprints and fingerprints upon you God desires to fashion you and I don't know about you but I I want the handprints of God 
God upon my life. And I know that there is a nature of mine that I've got to contend with and deal with on a daily basis. But I know that God desires uh, uh, to walk with me and I desire to walk with him. And as long as I'm moving towards God, he's moving towards me. As long as I'm seeking God, God is reaching out to me. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. I'm telling you, as long as you're making an effort towards God and you're, you're reaching out to him, there is a God in heaven today that, that desires to walk with you. He's looking for you to reach out to him and say, God, I'm taking a hold. I'm not going to let go. I'm reaching out after you. My direction is set towards you. That's God's desire today is to walk with you in the power of the Holy Ghost. God's desire today, saint of God, is that you are more than a conqueror through Christ. God's desire today is that you're more than an overcomer. God's desire today is to see you step foot on the other side and for him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I said it before I started this morning, but we are living in troubled times. The stock market's been down and down, and I, I know that it's made a rally the last couple of weeks, and and it uh, seems like uh, uh, things are on a downhill slide, and it seems like there's been spirits that have been un unloosed in ja just the last few months, and it seems like uh, that uh, just on, I believe it's time or Newsweek, talking about Christianity being dead. But I'm telling you, they may say that, but there is a God in heaven that still sits on the throne. I know this world is celebrating Easter as the resurrection. But I, I tell you today, you don't have to just celebrate him on Easter Sunday. But you can celebrate him tomorrow. You can celebrate him Tuesday. You can celebrate him Wednesday. You can celebrate him Thursday and Friday and Saturday. A month from now and a year from now and two years from now. When you've got that Holy Ghost down inside of you. That resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. You can, you can experience it day after day. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. I'm telling you there is a God in heaven that desires to walk with you. Amen. Hallelujah. But we are living in troubled times. And it seems that there are spirits that are at work. And they're so contrary to the word of God. And it blows me away that how that we, we right here in the United States of America We abort 77 babies every 30 minutes. We murder 77 souls every 30 minutes. And we call it abortion, and God calls it murder. They take the Ten, ten Commandments out of, out of the courtroom, and you've got judges that are ruling by humanistic philosophy, contrary to what the Word of God is. They're ordaining homosexuals into different religions as priests, and God said it's an abomination. They're calling right wrong and wrong right. We're living in troubled times. 
And I don't know, I don't know what we're going to have to go through before the Lord raptures us out of here. We go the way of the grave. But we are on a slippery slope, Brother Riggin. And it's happening so fast. Hallelujah. I'm troubled. I don't know what my children are going to have to face and what they're going to have to endure. Some of you today may have said, where in the world is Diggins, Missouri? Well, I'll tell you, it's about 25 miles east of Springfield. Unless you've got a good Missouri map, you will not find it. <laughs> 298 people in the great city of Diggins. And, uh, but just down the road is where I went to school in Seymour, a town of about 1,800 people. And uh, it's a small town uh, mindset. Got some rednecks there. And uh, sometimes we, we did some crazy things growing up. And I, it's a miracle that I'm standing before you today. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, there, there's, there's been things that have happened in the school since I graduated. I graduated in 1990. Uh, and you say, that's a long time ago. Well, so be it, 19 years ago. But uh, anyway, uh, just a few years ago, we were trying to decide whether to homeschool our children or send them to public school. And uh, whatever you do, that's your choice, that's your decision. But we were just trying to make that decision. And <clears throat> we heard that they had, they had, had, a, they had somebody sponsor. Uh, they were going to start a gay and lesbian club at the, at the high school there. I mean, you're talking about rural America, the Midwest. And you th you'd think that would never happen. But there was a teacher. And they got to have a teacher to sponsor that. And then they want to fight people and they want to have Bible studies and stuff in public school. But yet they want to promote that stuff. And that's what the world is saying is the norm today. I'm not trying to, to throw a wet blanket on this today. But I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make you aware of where we are. And make you aware of what's facing us. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But this one thing I do know, I know who holds tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're living in troubled times when they're calling right wrong and wrong right. And they're calling, uh, they're calling sin as the norm and, and uh, calling affairs as just a, a normal thing. But God said it's still wrong and it will still send you to a devil's hell. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you this morning, it's time that we have our business right with God. It's time that we've got sin out of our life. It's time to turn away from sin and the things of this world. It's time to walk with God. Hallelujah. Because he's coming back after a church that made themselves ready. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what grandma or grandpa, uh, they, they taught. It doesn't matter. What does the Bible say today? I'm telling you this morning, what I've delivered to you this morning, what I've delivered you to you is truth. It may be contrary to what you, uh, you, you thought was in the Word of God. It may be contrary to what you believe, but there is a God that sees your heart today, that knows the time that you, you laid on your bed or you sat in your living room and you cried saying, God, where are you? Religions failed me. Peoples failed me. God, where are you? God, I need you. God, I can't go on like this anymore. God, I'm desperate. I need something. I need something. 
God said, I'm right here today. I'm right here. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Hallelujah. Why don't you come today? Why don't you come? Why don't you open your heart to God? Why don't you give it to the Lord today? You've wrestled with it. You've struggled with it. You've been empty. You've been looking. You've been longing. You've been hurting. And God said, I'm right here. I'm here to give you that joy for that chaos and confusion that's going on in your world. Uh, wondering if somebody's going to murder you and kill you and, and the devils that torment your mind. And God said, hey, I'll trade you that and give you peace of the Holy Ghost and, and the unrighteousness of this world and, and the things that you're struggling with. God said, hey, I'll take it all away and I, I'll put my righteousness in you and, and I'll help you today and I, I'll sustain you and I, I'll be that strength, I'll be that pillar that you're looking for. I'll be that rock that you can stand on. Hallelujah. But we're, we're living in a busy world. We're busy. We're running here and there. And sometimes people say, well, I don't have time for this. I, I don't have time for God. But yet you look at uh, what you've done and you look at the, the things that you've tried to, to man manipulate and to work out and, and you see where you're sitting today. Because you've been too busy for God. But God's bringing it. He's putting on the brakes this morning and bringing it to a stop. And said, wait a minute. I want to sit down. I want to talk to you. I want to fellowship with you. You know, there's sometimes a husband and wife they become so busy and um, working you're involved in any other activities. Uh, we got a boy that's in Cub Scouts. My two of my daughters are in Girl Scouts, involved with the church, working with the youth, working a full-time job, preaching out on the weekends, trying to finish out a basement in, at my house. I mean, the list goes on and on. We're busy, and sometimes we... Say, I love you, hon. Got to go. Got to run here. Got to do this. Got to do that. And what happens a lot of times, if you continue in that mode, you begin to drift apart. And you, you really don't know maybe what they're going through, or you don't really know about the good things that's happened to them that day because you're not spending any time with them. You're not talking to them. You're not spending some time where you're your heart begins to open up. It seems like a lot of times when a, we get to do that is after we put the kids to bed and we're laying in bed, both exhausted, and we start talking. You're thinking, my God, i got to get up at 5.30 in the morning. And, uh, but you began to talk. But you got to stop everything. Hallelujah. And spend some time together for that marriage to work. To know what they're thinking, to know their thoughts, so that you both have a common goal. You're pushing towards the same thing. And it's the same way in our walk with God. Sometimes we become so busy that we fail to pray. We fail to be faithful to the house of God, to the things of God. And yet God said, whoa, 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 whoa just a minute. I want to talk to you. Hallelujah. I want to speak to your heart. You know, there's been times that I, I've come to the house of God and uh, the preaching went forth and 
went to the altar, began to pray, and uh, got up from there, went back and sat at my pew, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the Holy Ghost began to sweep over my soul. And I sat there and I began to bawl like a baby. I began to just pour my heart out. And I, it, it wasn't that I, I, was, I was doing anything wrong. It wasn't that I had a great need in my life. But God was just sharing some of his heart with me. I just, I just began to sit there and weep and cry and sob and slobber and snot and just let the Holy Ghost sweep over my soul. And just, I wasn't in a hurry. I, I wasn't worried about going out and, and uh, running with the young people. I wasn't worried about going out and eating, but I, I was sitting in the, the presence of the Almighty God, and he was, he was sharing his heart with me, and he was, he was putting some things in my spirit, and, and uh, there wasn't really any words that was coming forth, just, the, just a powerful move of God, and different ones would come up and lay their hands on my shoulder, and, and uh, they, they weren't feeling what I was feeling, but I, I was having a heart-to-heart conversation with God, and there, there, was, there, was, a, there was a word that was going from, from his spirit to my spirit and there was a, a work that was being done and I, I believe today that God wants to do that for somebody today. You say well I'm not really feeling that. Well why don't you come and bow your knee at an altar today and say God I want, I want that what that preacher's preaching about. I want to feel what brother Harrion's talking about. I want to have that heart to heart. God I'm not in a hurry today. I know that you got up over 2,000 years ago but I need that resurrection power to consume this dead heart of mine God I've been so busy and I haven't been uh, praying like I should and God I just want to slow it all down today and I I need you to talk to my heart I need your spirit to infuse uh, my spirit I I need to just 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 a heart to heart with you God I'm tired of struggling with it I'm tired of battling with it and I'm telling you today that's what God's desire is is to sit down and have a heart-to-heart talk with you and you say well I can't I can't see him today but I I tell you if you if you get down here and you began to pour your heart out to God and and the tears began to flow and, and you began to cry and began to pour your heart out to God I guarantee you you will feel him that will be the presence of God that will be the Holy Ghost dealing with you that will be God trying to talk to your heart today I'm telling you God desires to talk to you it may seem like the world is is on a fast road to hell but you don't have to be on that road with them you can be on the king's highway today and have those heart-to-heart talks that you've had in your when you've been all alone in your room and in your when you've been driving down the road God desires to have a heart-to-heart with you today Hallelujah. I'm coming to a close this morning. Hallelujah. In Song of Solomon, the fifth chapter, verse 2, that I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, sister, my sister. That, was a, that wasn't his sister, per se, but that was a term of endearment. 
He said, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with the dew and my locks with the drops of night. I have put off my coat, that outer coat that he was wearing. I put it off. It's the one that collected the dew that was wet. I put it off. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. For you see, back then it was roads that were dirt. And when they would come to somebody's house, they would wash their feet to come into them. He said, I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door. He was knocking. He was knocking. And he put his hand through the hole in the door. Uh, he said, uh, he said that my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with murders with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the wall took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. Or in other words, I am, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, si I'm sick because uh, not sick of love, but I, I'm lovesick is what uh, uh, they were saying here. And that the, the, the he came, he came, the beloved came and was knocking on the door, reaching through the knobs, saying, "Why don't you open?" up to me. Why don't you come and open? But no, she was too tired. She was too weary. She didn't want to get up and finally uh, there was something that began to stir within her and, and she got up and opened the door and when she came to the door, she found that her beloved was gone. She found that her beloved had, had already left and, and yet the, the, the lock of the door was dripping with that myrrh and that uh, uh, she could smell the sweet fragrance of the myrrh that was there upon the handle of the door. That's all she had was just a sin. That's all she had was just a, a memory of uh, her beloved. But uh, she could have taken her beloved in her arms that night. She could have wrapped her arms around him, but he was already gone. And she went out looking and searching for him. She was abused. She was wounded. She was hurt that night. And I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's standing here if the musicians would come that's knocking that's reaching through the door why don't you get up out of your complacency this morning why don't you get up out of your your doldrums and your, uh, your lackadaisical spirit why don't you get up out of your sin this morning and say God I'm coming to you as fast as I can God here I come don't leave don't walk away I, I want to be ready to meet you God there's some things that's died in my spirit I want to revive them in the Holy Ghost today Oh, God, I know that uh, I know that your desire is to walk with me and and I, I want to walk with you. God's not going to 
force you today. Oh, you can sit right here on an apostolic pew and be lost without God, but God's looking for somebody that's on fire for him. He's standing here today. He's knocking at the door. He said, open up, let me in. Come on, come on. You don't have to be left, you don't have to leave here this morning with just a memory of your beloved standing there. You don't have to be here, leave here today with just a sin of what it could have been. But there is a God in heaven that desires to fill each and every one with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is a God in heaven that desires to set each and every one on fire for God today. Hallelujah. You, you act like God. Are you taking on the characteristics of God today? That's what God's desire is. It doesn't matter what this humanistic society propagates. Are you walking with him today? Could we stand? Hallelujah. Everybody reaching out after the Lord right now. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. God's desire. God's desire today is to walk with you. Hallelujah. He created you to worship Him. He created you to serve Him. He created you to love Him. Hallelujah. Saint of God, you've allowed some things to get into your spirit, your heart. Don't let bitterness consume you. Hallelujah. Don't let things get a hold of you. Come on today. Hallelujah. This altar's open. Come on, this altar's open. Some of you made some vows to God. And you've not fulfilled them. Come on, there's a God in heaven that's beckoning to you. He desires to have a heart-to-heart talk with you. He said, I'm slowing it all down today. Hallelujah. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to carry these burdens anymore. Come on today. Could you, could you come on to him? Could you come and bow your knee at this altar? Come on and say, God, it's me that stands in need.